0: Now to the nationwide search for the members of the mob who stormed the Capitol. Dozens of people already arrested, and officials expect hundreds of suspects could eventually be charged. Our chief global affairs correspondent, Martha Raddatz, has the latest on that. Good morning, Martha.
1: Good morning, Amy. The rioters converged on Washington from all over the country. And this morning, investigators from coast to coast are trying to track down as many as they can, working through thousands of images and tips. They broke through, it's off! This morning, more alarming video from the violent pro-Trump mob attacking the Capitol. Watch as these rioters hurl a fire extinguisher at police officers, several hit in the head. Homicide detectives investigating the death of Officer Brian Sicknick have been looking into reports he may have been hit by a fire extinguisher before collapsing hours later but it is unclear whether Sicknick is in this video. No! Videos like this one, showing an officer being crushed by rioters, making the DC police chief emotional. It makes me sick to my stomach to, to see that that video and that officer, obviously he was afraid for his life now FBI field officers in all 50 states are combing through videos and images along with some 45,000 tips.
2: I've talked to
3: officers that said who have uh, uh, done two tours in Iraq and said that this has, was 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 more was scarier to them than their time in combat.
1: The FBI urgently hunting for this man, suspected of planting these two powerful pipe bombs in the RNC and DNC headquarters, releasing new photographs highlighting the suspect's distinctive backpack and shoes. Also asking for help identifying this man in this sickening image carrying a confederate flag through the capitol hundreds could face arrest in the coming days so far only 70 arrests have been made jake angelic who appeared at multiple pro-trump events dressed in the costume he wore during the attack on congress now in an arizona jail facing violent entry and disorderly conduct charges where his mother says he has refused to eat since turning himself in this weekend He gets very sick if he doesn't eat organic food, literally, will get physically sick. Adam Johnson, the Florida man caught on camera carrying House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's lectern, charged with three counts, including theft of government property. He was released on bond after posting $25,000 in bail. And now Ohio Congressman Tim Ryan revealing that up to 15 law enforcement officers are under investigation for their response to the assault.
2: It was appalling to be side by side with the heroes that were doing everything right and then having others
4: taking selfies uh, with the uh, domestic terrorists.
1: THE CAPITOL POLICE DEPARTMENT SAYING SEVERAL OFFICERS ARE CURRENTLY SUSPENDED AND THAT THEY ARE PLANNING TO, QUOTE, INVESTIGATE THESE BEHAVIORS FOR DISCIPLINARY ACTION UP TO AND INCLUDING TERMINATION. AND IT IS NOT JUST LAW ENFORCEMENT INVESTIGATING ITS OWN. THERE WERE A NUMBER OF FORMER MILITARY INVOLVED IN THE SIEGE OF THE CAPITOL AND POSSIBLY ACTIVE DUTY. THE PENTAGON ASKING FOR HELP IN IDENTIFYING ANY SERVICE MEMBERS INVOLVED IN THE ATTACK or promoting extremism, Robin? Beyond disturbing. All right, Martha, thank you.
2: They're calling it the insurrection January 6th, a time of trouble that shook a nation. Tonight we deal with and we look back on the events of Capitol Hill and all that took place on January 6th, the violence, the drama, and a part without question of politics at play. We deal with all and both sides of this story in a moment. This is AJC Radio. We take off right now. you have it. I'm Lamont Banks along with David Banks, Kendrick Barnes, Dave Zappolo, Sampson Riddle, William Williams, Clint Stewart, and Dennis Merritt, and the entire AJC radio team tonight as we take a look at what people are calling the insurrection. Uh, It's been in the news, a lot of information, a lot to uncover uh, in what we're dealing with tonight in regards to the events that took place. Without question, it is the one of the most horrific acts that has taken place in this country. The acts of violence on our nation's capital. No one tonight, in spite of what you will hear on this show, is excusing the behavior that took place or the violence that took place and the repercussions that happened as a result of the violence that broke out on January 6th. However, it is our duty as advocates and as radio folks to... uh, Take a look at it from both sides, and you're going to have the counter. Uh, They call it playing devil's advocate when they are saying uh, President Trump, he is complicit in these actions. Uh, We would agree with that in part uh, based upon the rhetoric and the reckless language that was used without question. Uh, When does politics get into the play uh, of a situation? Whereas, is, is it ironic or is it coincidental that these hearings that are now going on took place uh, months before the, you know, the uh, midterm elections for 2022? we got to look at that side as well. What is the motivating factor? Again, what has happened here on January 6th is indefensible. What President Trump said at the time, uh, though his words were reckless, uh, we will play both sides of the coin and let you make a decision uh, Again, it is our position that what happened and the reckless rhetoric by President Trump is inexcusable Does it rise to the level of criminal and can it be proven? Uh, without a shadow of a doubt beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law uh, That he gave directives for these actions to take place. This is a full show folks tell your neighbors your family if you want to call into the show Feel free to dial in 646-200-0628, 646-200-0628. We take a look at this now. and David, as we get ready to get into this, uh, without question, the things that we have heard in the last few days, uh, last couple of weeks regarding the hearings that are taking place are troubling, without question. A lot of people have hurt. A lot of people have... really suffered greatly uh, as a result of of, of the attacks of January 6th. Give us your thoughts as we get into this conversation tonight.
5: Well,
6: first of all, with regards to the politics surrounding this, uh, that's something people always get to wade through. Politics is a dirty, uh, rough and tumble business, and everybody's looking to gain uh, political capital from whatever tragedy incident that may occur Uh, this was a horrible situation there's fbi evidence that some of this stuff was planned yet uh, if something's planned you have to kind of well can it be incited if it was planned so we have to look at this thing we got to back up out of the politics because politics uh always clouds everything and sadly we have the media on both sides, always these days, they take a position, a political position, and that's the way they report. And many people just take what, what CNN will say, they'll take what Fox says, and they'll just run with it uh, with without uh, really analyzing the fact and recognizing the fact that... Uh, of the bias, the obvious media bias uh, on the conservative side with Fox, and on the liberal side with CNN and MSNBC. So, uh, uh, but here we're going to break down, and like I said, uh, we're not biased here. Uh, we're going to break down both sides and, and uh, get a clear set of facts based on what's actually uh, uh, objective objective facts that, that that are actually out there. Uh, and that's not necessarily everything that's coming from the uh, January 6th committee. And one final note, um, and that starts with the fact that uh, traditionally, uh, whenever they, they they Congress stands up a committee to investigate something, both parties decide which uh, representative they want on the party. It was not done here, which leads even to more... Uh, objective or a reasonable criticism that, uh, this was a, this is being done for a political game.
2: All right. Well, there you have it. Um, we're going to dig into all of this. All of our, uh, hosts at the table will definitely chime in on this. Uh, the insurrection, the day, the time that it went dark across the nation. This is AJC radio. We deal with all of these subjects tonight as we go forward to take a look and the facts of what took place. This is IGC Radio. we will be right back.
7: Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering A Just Cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call A Just Cause at 855-529-4252 or visit a-justcause.com and click the Donate button. A Just Cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall.
8: There are no loose ends in TV procedural dramas. At the end of the hour, the bad guy always gets what's coming to him. Unfortunately, the real world is a lot more complicated. We know from the work of the Innocence Project and other organizations in the Innocence Network that the system doesn't always get it right. According to the National Registry of Exonerations, since 1989 nearly 2,000 people have been exonerated of crimes they didn't commit. What people don't realize is a good number of those people pleaded guilty to crimes even though they were innocent. In fact, in nearly 10% of the nation's DNA exonerations, people pleaded guilty to serious crimes and agreed to serve significant prison time because the system is stacked against them, especially if they are poor and people of color. That's right, the stakes are so high that we have innocent men and women agreeing to serve long prison sentences. A system that puts that much pressure on people to plead guilty is a problem. Visit guiltypleaproblem.org to learn more about the men and women who are pressured into pleading guilty to crimes they didn't commit. And join us in demanding that our elected officials do something to protect the innocent people who get caught up in a broken criminal justice system. Thank you.
9: I stand for equality.
7: I stand for individuality. I stand for peace. I stand for diversity.
10: I stand for dignity.
7: I stand for respect. I stand for fairness.
11: Red, yellow, black, white. We're all the same color.
6: When you turn off the lights,
7: Picture this, a 75-year-old man convicted of murder waiting for his trial to finally go through. He's been on death row for 25 years now and finds out he's been wrongfully convicted and is completely innocent. Not only does this mean that 25 years of his life have been spent in jail for no reason, but that the actual murderer could still be out there right now. The bad thing is that this exact thing happens more often than you think, but you can help stop it by supporting our campaign to abolish the death penalty.
12: When does it stop being partly cloudy and start being partly sunny why is the word abbreviation so long are English muffins just muffins in England why is it called a washing line and not a drying line do fish get thirsty if ghosts can walk through doors why don't they fall through floors do you yawn when you sleep if prunes are dried plums how do they make prune juice? Why do doctors leave the room when you change? They're going to see you naked anyway. Do board chefs wear hairnets? How much deeper would the ocean be if all the sponges were taken out? Do you believe someone who says they're a chronic liar? Why is sandwich bread square and sandwich meat round? Life's full of heart. Ask one more, you might just save a life.
2: I don't have to tell you about the challenges we face every day. That would be like preaching to the choir. Today you have a chance to face the challenge of your risk for diabetes. My dad had diabetes, and one in four U.S. adults are at risk, myself included. If you're older than 45 or African American, that risk increases. So here's a chance to ask yourself, what can I do? Talk to your doctor about getting screened and know what your options are. Learn more at askscreenknow.com
8: you can't sit here
0: don't add her to the chain
8: it was just a joke we're not friends why are you talking to me
0: he started it she's so gross Lame. loser weirdo I've said and done things before that I'm not proud of. Just as I've been hurt by others. The thing is, this, this is not who I am. And it's definitely not who I want to be. I don't want to be cruel. I don't want to spread gossip. I don't want to be a body shamer. I don't want to exclude anyone. I don't want to make anyone feel lonely. Left out. Hurt. We have the power to be more. We can create a kinder world. It's not that hard. We just need to stop. Take a
4: moment. And consider others before we speak.
0: And before we act. Be more. Be more. Be more.
9: In the fabric of America, they are the toughest threads. One of the first things they learned was the code that every service member lives by. Leave no one behind. Now all of us need to live by it too. Because some veterans are being left behind. 20 of them take their own lives every day. Learn how to be there for a veteran at BeThereForVeterans.com. Honor the code. Be there. Leave no one behind.
7: Because I'm 16, I can't drive at night. Because I'm 16, I can't work past 10 o'clock on a school night.
11: Because I'm 16, I can't get a cell phone contract without my parents.
8: Because I'm 16, I can't get a flu shot without my mother's consent.
11: At 16... I'm not old enough to watch an R-rated movie alone.
8: Because I'm 16,
7: I can't buy a lottery ticket. I can't vote.
11: I can't drink.
7: I can't smoke.
11: I can't join the military.
7: Because I'm 16, I can't sit on a jury, but I can be tried as an adult. I can get a lifetime criminal record.
8: If I get arrested, my parents don't have to be notified. Because I'm 16,
7: my mother had to sign this consent form so that I could participate in this video.
11: But I can go to an adult prison.
7: But I can go to Rikers Island.
11: But I can be
8: sent to Attica.
10: My name is Michael Corriero. I was a judge for 28 years in the criminal courts of the state of New York. New York is one of only two states in the entire nation that automatically tries children as young as 16 as adults. We need to change that.
11: Last week, my father sent me to my room.
1: Next week, a judge could sentence me to an adult prison.
10: We need to judge children as children. It's time to raise the age of criminal responsibility in New York.
2: Back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight. From the words of Liz Cheney, a Republican from Wyoming, she states this tonight. I say this to my Republican colleagues who are defending the indefensible, said Committee Vice Chair Liz Cheney. There will come a day when Donald Trump is gone, but your dishonor will remain. Uh, The committee hopes it all breaks through with most Americans, especially as fewer are blaming Trump as being responsible for the insurrection than they did immediately following it. Partisan gaps becoming wider and with conservative media doing all it can to circle the Trump wagons and downplay the committee's findings. Um, And again, those uh, come from the words of Liz Cheney, uh, which in all honesty... Uh, The stand that Congressman Cheney took uh, was a uh, position that took courage to do so. If you know anything about Washington, D.C., it's a cutthroat situation. It's a cutthroat environment. Uh, Knowing full well the backlash that would come to Ms. Cheney, uh, the congresswoman went and stepped out to say this was simply wrong. I am not in any way saying that uh, Congresswoman Cheney is incorrect in her assessment. Uh, she felt a sense of conviction uh, to say this is too much, since what we are saying has never been seen in the history of the country. Um, so I do understand that. Um, Samson, your thoughts on that uh, as we get ready? Because, again, this, this is a... Uh, this is a story of two tales. Uh, what is the theory of the Republican Party that took place? Uh, you might as well be dealing with two attorneys. What like- is the theory of both sides, the theory of Ms. Cheney feeling like this is absolutely wrong, President Trump absolutely responsible, and then to say, look, individuals made choices that day. In spite of the reckless rhetoric by the president, They made a conscious choice to do what they did. The fact and I'm I'm, I'm speaking to the counter argument Mm -hmm. that the other side will make that President Trump did not directly instruct uh, these rioters to go in and to kill or harm anyone. That's the counter. I'm not saying that's the case. That is the counter uh, of what the Republican Party is saying that, yeah, this was horrible. However, you cannot lay all the blame at the president's feet. Is that your thoughts on that as we dig into this now?
4: Well, no, I mean, as as you said, that we, we got to listen to both sides of this thing. And I mean, from his comments, though, I mean, if you listen to the, you read that 12 page transcript of what he said uh, in regards to, you know, this is our country. We have to fight like, you know, you know what for it or else we're not going to have a country left. You know, then to go on the other side and say, oh, that's inciting people to riot. Well, not really, you know, because just if you look at the other side of the fence, Democrats have talked about marching on Washington. The Democrats have talked about, you know, oh, well, let's, you know, get out there and fight for our rights, fight to get our voices heard. But the fact of the matter is, Democrats would not be up in arms right now had their people been in action. They would be on the defensive side same thing Republicans would be in the ones they would be the ones on the offensive side like, oh well, you know all these supposedly liberal people they were going to go out there they would have caused a ruckus well the fact of the matter is, is just Trump's people you know that he was whether you want to think he's directly or indirectly speaking to him they just took action first again we, there'd be a completely different narrative had you know uh, 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 an entire herd of Democrats got out there and pushed down fences and did whatever else that the, the Proud Boys and everybody else did. So, I mean, we, we definitely had to look at both sides of the of the argument here. Did we you know, did President Trump say some very inflammatory things? Did he actually go out there and say some stuff that, it, taking outside of the aspect of rhetoric, uh, could they have been insightful to a riot? Absolutely. But the fact of the matter is, is the people had to look at this. This man's a politician he talks out the side of his neck for a living and that's the most of the people there up on that up on the hill do they talk out of both sides of their face because they're they're, at the end of the day their their whole instinct is you know to win votes you know as you mentioned at the top of the show saying the timing of these of these hearings could not be any more strategic with mid-year elections coming up you know the fact of the matter is that you know as we were talking about during the break, that the initial Republicans that were put forward to even be, be on this committee were rejected by, you know, uh, 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 Congresswoman Pelosi. You know, the fact that Nancy Pelosi said, no, we're not going to let them on the committee. And now we have, and, you know, two Trump haters by by reputation as the Republican representatives this committee. I mean, it's well, it's, the
2: question is the question is why if if the case is cut and dry as. The committee claims it to be, and I'm not saying it's not. Why not allow the Republicans to come on and or pick and choose or cherry pick who you want on the committee? It sends the impression, whether it's the impression or not, mm-hmm. it sends the the smell of politics.
4: It brings that to the table. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you if you go if you're if you're a Republican now and not like. Screaming across your social media saying the you know the Democratic agenda of this committee, then you're probably not you know employing enough people on your staff. You know the fact of the matter is they want to put that narrative out there that oh yeah they 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 cherry picked as you said these two people that have been on record opposing Trump even though he you know they're Republicans they're going to be out there and spinning that narrative just like. Again, Democrats on their side of things, they're going to be spinning their own narrative as to what really happened and what was really incited well, on I, January
2: 6th. Well, I think the problem you run into here is that simply present the facts of what happened. Right. If you can take the politics out of it, people are more likely to listen to what you have to say in regards to the behavior of President Trump. Exactly. But if you go all in, everything hate Trump. The argument is not going to be solidified because it's clouded, as David said earlier, with the politics of the situation. I believe the actions that took place on January 6th were so clear.
8: Mm -hmm.
2: Had it been presented simply the facts and politics or committees and all this stuff out of the off the table, I think more Americans may be outraged at what Trump's rhetoric rendered absolutely. But if you bring this politics into it, and Pelosi stepped in it and, and, and says, "Look, we're not allowing them," and that, then that's what was like, man, what is going on here? The the message cannot be sent. You can send it as much as you want, but with politics as a cloud cover, mm-hmm. that's a problem. David, your thoughts on that?
6: Well, I want to read. Yeah, I want to read uh, CBS News what they reported on July 21st. House uh, GOP leader Kevin McCarthy says he will pull all five of his picks to serve on the select committee investigating January 6th assault on the Capitol of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi doesn't rescind her rejection of two of his recommendations. So,
2: Do you know what the two recommendations were?
6: It was Jim Jordan and Jim Banks of Oklahoma. So those were two of the five picks on there. Pelosi said, well, I'm not allowing them to Uh, To do it Because Jim uh, I think Jim The the argument was that uh, Congressman Banks Has said something about uh, Making it a circus Or something like that Well a lot of these Circus anyway A lot of these hearings Are are turned into circuses By both sides of the aisle When they don't agree What's going on So uh, The reality is you You subverted the process Yep uh, to not let McCarthy put on his five picks, and now you have people that are uh, reasonably crit- uh, critical of the committee because you didn't allow what is standard operating procedure to take place, and you said we're going to well, not gonna let you pick who you want to pick. Uh, we want to approve the people that we want on the committee
2: and, and that's against uh, the, the, the congressional rule. I can tell you right now, that is completely against protocol. If you have, uh, whether it's Supreme Court justices or any type of investigation happening, uh, the Republican Party is, is in opposition of this or that. They have an opportunity to cross-examine witnesses uh, that are testifying before Congress. They put their situation on there equally as the Democratic Party does. So for that to be done, and this is what irritates me about the process, again, it's not defense of Trump at all. But when you say, look, we've had this process all of these years where the Democrats and the Republicans are able to ask witnesses questions, you can't say, hey, we're not allowed Jim Jordan because he happens to be a supporter of the president. You can't do that because guess what, as David just said, you send a message that Why are you changing the rules That's that's again That's what it looks like As far as perspective Perception rather that's what it looks like Why are these people not allowed On the committee let them say their piece If the facts are as strong As we believe the facts to be That President Trump is responsible For the actions of January 6 Then I don't care Who McCarthy's picks are We have a strong enough case to present a case to the American people that will not be uh, uh, that will not be hurt. Why is there? A, why are you threatened by Jim Jordan and, and David? Who was the other one? Jim Banks. Uh, Jim Banks. Why are you threatened by these people if the case is strong enough to go forward? The Kate
9: Kendrick. Your thoughts? Yeah, to me, it's likening to say, I'm in a uh, in a in criminal court, and the judge says, I don't like your attorney because he's too good. That's kind of the same argument. I have a right to pick the best defense for my case. So that's kind of like here. It's not fair. Now, granted, full disclosure, I can't stand Jim Jordan. But that doesn't give him a – you can't say because, you know, what you see on television, you still have to allow uh, the other side of the story if you want to have a true uh, picture that this is fair. I don't think if they would have had five Republicans picked by the minority leader that it would have changed the testimony of the or witnesses the they had, or yeah, the or the facts. Right. Their testimony would have been. Would have been sad. I think the only thing would have been difference is they probably would have had another set of witnesses that would have supported more probably on Trump's side. But I still think it should have been more fair. Okay, let let both sides get up there with their picks, well, and then and, and present the case and or basically or discover the evidence and get all the evidence because now you got to say was, are we sure that there was evidence that was available that the Democrats. Revealed to the public We don't know that
2: Well the problem you have Again when you go into an investigation On something so monu- uh, So big this was, the, this was watched by the whole world They saw it um, But if you want to be Presented to the American people As fair As look We don't care who's going to That's politics They're going to make their statements And arguments against your argument That's just how it works out uh, but if the case is as solid, and that's what I'm saying here, if it's that way, why make a b- political move, to at least to register doubt in the minds of the American people? That wait a minute, just with, we've watched enough congressional hearings in our lifetime to know that the, you know you're going to have the Democrat have five minutes, who's in support that Trump did this thing. You're going to have the Republican Party. A representative that may go that's going to go five minutes and give you every reason why uh, this was not a Trump issue. Then, what you leave the American people with is that what's real and what's not.
9: But it's insulting to the American people. You think that we can't make our own decision, so it's almost like we need to give you the people that's going to give us our narrative, not both sides. The American people are not stupid, we can hear. Both sides and still make a, a decision that hey we think is well, a, a fair. And, one.
2: and the both sides were leaning towards that Trump was responsible. Well, and I mean not both sides, excuse me. The, the one side believed that Trump was responsible. Then present your case.
6: And I think we need to go ahead. Pelosi's statements were this, as according to CBS News, with respect for the integrity of the investigation, with an insistence on the truth, and with concern about statements made and actions taken by these members, I must reject the recommendations of the Representative Banks and Jordan. She did not elaborate further on her decision to reject them.
2: That's not good enough. That statement is not good enough. You're saying basically that we're not going to let those those Republicans speak and say their say. We're not going to let them do that because we wanted to have the truth. Well, the other side is not necessarily telling the complete truth either. That's the point. And if you're t- here's the thing, I always believe this: if the truth is on your side. And conviction, I believe honestly with my whole heart that Congresswoman Cheney was motivated by conviction. I do believe that. I believe to take the risk career-wise that she took, and she'll probably have fallout as a result of it. She followed something, whether we agree with it or not, she followed her own conviction. And she did, you don't make a move like that in the world of politics, when, you, your, when basically your conviction statement in this situation will no doubt cost you your career. There's no way you're gonna do that because everybody's against you uh, going against Trump in your party. That To me, that weighs a little heavier to me. Um, what the other Congress people are doing back and forth, a lot of it is political rhetoric. Uh, I think my hat's off to, to Congresswoman Cheney. Whether you agree with one's conviction or not, there was enough conviction there for her. There's something going on where she felt this, was a, this was go, went too far, and whether whatever the price tag is on my career, I stand by what I say. You may not agree with it, but you have to respect her conviction. Dave Zappolo.
10: Well, going back to what you said at the beginning, is it's about the midterm elections. It's all about politics. I mean, I look at the one of the Michigan gubernatorial candidates, Ryan Kelly, was arrested on misdemeanor charges relating to the January 6th insurrection. He was arrested on misdemeanor charges. He wasn't asked to come to court. He was arrested. And you see that in Michigan, they also took two other Republican candidates off the ballot. So you see, this, all of this is, is moving towards the November elections to point the American people in one direction or the other, and right now towards the Democrats. But it's backfiring on them, and you're seeing more people looking Republican than Democrat right now.
2: See, and I think that's why your own conviction as to what happened on January 6th is most important. When you muddle it with politics, you have a problem. And nobody's sitting back thinking, oh, politics has nothing to do with this. That's absurd. But here's the thing, the case is strong enough of what happened on January 6th. You didn't need to play the political card. People died that day. People were emotional that day. People were upset. What is going on? Our democracy is attacked. Why didn't we stick with that? Why did we have to turn political? Why did it have to go to politics? That's why the approval of the United States Senate and Congress is at a 9% number because people do not trust what's happening there. So you can put, you can put hearings on, committees, all of that. If you did it t- with transparency, I said, look, man, this shouldn't have happened. It just shouldn't have happened. This is why it shouldn't have happened. This is why President Trump is liable or culpable in what happened. People respect that more than playing politics. Put it on the table as it is. Let the American people decide. They're going to decide at the polls anyway. Yes,
3: William, you know, you're hitting on the main thing. This this political theme is is run, and we we've seen it here in this past decade become more and more prevalent. And so when you when you just sit here and you say, okay, why couldn't why couldn't we see equal representation? On that committee, and just let the facts go. Let let present the facts of the matter, and we know that that wouldn't have happened. We 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 have not. The the reality is, at least in our modern generation, we haven't seen a candidate like Trump that has galvanized a base the way he has. He has such a following, and he, like him or not, is true. He has done something that the others said. You know what? We're gonna ride on his coattail. They like him. If I say I like him, then they're gonna like me. We've seen we've seen it here in the midterm. We've seen people actually eat their words. There was and say you know they weren't were saying that, and these are GOP members. They're, they're running for for uh, office or a seat, and they were saying you know at one point a couple years ago, hey they didn't support Trump. Now all of a sudden they're they're backpedaling and they're they're saying we support him. Well, the, what, what is
2: happening here? Which, listen, this is not a one position or another. It's about what we're laying out as far as what the American people may be thinking. Uh, why are people backpedaling? Uh, it's a political agenda. It is. And if people like President Trump, if they do, it's clear he has a following. Otherwise, you don't have that many people emerging on the on the on the Capitol in numbers of that level uh, there are people that support this president. Now the problem is it it brings a divide in the nation. The nation is divided right down the middle. You have the people that say well Trump's a good president we like him. Other Other people they are troubled by what happened not only on January 6th, the rhetoric President Trump had throughout his presidency, it was always a question. Why did he say that? Why did he act that way? Uh, Trump was unconventional, uh, to say the least. Uh, But you're dealing with the United States of America that is divided on racial lines. Now, I'm not saying everybody that supported Trump is a racist. Can't say it. No, no. can't say that.
3: But, but 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 you know what we are looking at is the fact, be it one way or the other, this committee is going to be tainted because of the fact they don't have equal representation. The question of bringing it up during the midterm, okay, the political spin on it. So now you got a political spin saying, okay, well, it's 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 Democrat, Democratic laden committee, Democratic led during the midterm to put a, put a spin now you know and so all these things factor in and what happens is it it, it, it causes us to look at the results with any kind of legitimacy because people are going to look at it and say well did you just put out only what you wanted to hear instead of something that was fair and true and so it's the events I don't you know I agree with you 100% without question they were horrific. But then you even see people today that believe that, you know, Jack Del Rio had just got it, you know, got into a situation where he tweeted that it, it was just a dust-up. Jack Del Rio, he's a defensive coordinator for well, the, the Washington riff, football right. team. And so when you look at this, this is a person's view. This is the way some Americans see the events of January 6th. There's all, those that that look at it. That thousands of people, you know, advanced on the Capitol for the first time in U.S. history, a Confederate flag was in the Capitol. These are events that happened on January 6th. Some people play them down because they see the political spin or they've been fed the political spin. And it's it's hard to digest either way. The problem is uh, we can't
13: say that this is okay. Uh, I understand that there are different views, and everybody's going to have their view. And I think uh, everybody watching the hearing uh, will, will make their own, their own decision on what, what the hearing was about. But there are facts. The fact that there was an insurrection. There was a riot. That's the fact. And then if you ask the question, and it's just a question to, you know, the panel, did, could the could the president at that time said something that would
6: have stopped it? I believe he could have. Well, well, yeah, but that is true. Uh, and and what and what you're saying about I haven't heard Republican or Democrat justify anything that happened at the Capitol. Uh, and as personally, I despise Trump. I think he's an abrasive clown like. Uh, individual with a clown-like personality. That's just my opinion. But at the same time, uh, politicians stay I'll say a lot of their almost job is is just stir minds and stir people in a in a particular direction. And some of the stuff gets inflammatory. Uh, uh, Maxine Waters uh, had, had talked about that go harass Trump supporters and Trump people. Well, if you start harassing somebody, don't. Uh, if they're in a restaurant, go harass them. That's exactly what she said. Well, that's going to start a fight. And then you said a, a riot took place. That's an accurate statement. But it's not the first riot. Uh, there's been riots all over this country, yet this particular riot uh, seems to be getting more attention because it happened on the Capitol. And and one final note, when they talk about what the people died from, everybody's of the of the... Mindset that the people who died during the riot were killed up there, uh, and the causation came from the riot. But when you look at the actual facts, uh, from the coroners and and the chief medical people, um, two, two, I think three people, uh, two people died of natural causes, the other one died of uh, an accident accidental overdose of meth uh, of an amphetamine uh ashley babbitt was shot by a police officer but everybody if you listen to the political rhetoric on the democratic side well people died on that day no they actually didn't die on that day they died of natural causes and that's what they were found found to die but if you talk to the public they'll tell you man that 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 uh that that riot resulted in in all these deaths only person actually killed at the riot was Ashley Babbitt, and she was shot by a, a, a Capitol Police officer.
2: She was a Trump yeah. supporter, is that right?
6: Yeah, she was up there, but uh, again, again, she was unarmed. Now, what happens on unarmed black people in the country? So you, you got to look at all of this stuff in context and, and just kind of put it in the context of politics and see what happens in this country. Politicians set off a lot of... Things, both uh, certain things that may happen in riots in the cities, political rhetoric becomes inflammatory in some of those areas, and likewise, some of the stuff Trump said was inflammatory and created a lot of things that, ha- that happened well, on January
2: sixth. And here's the problem with the president. What this is the problem with President Trump. What he faces. Um, every sign points to uh, the hearings implicate Trump in a very big way. Uh, what happens on January 6th? Had President Trump not made a speech, not came out, not told supporters to fight, to continue to stand up for what you believe, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. What happens if President Trump doesn't come out the does not come out the White House, does not go to that podium? Do we still? And then it goes to David's point. Uh, what was pre-planned? My understanding of the riots that took place that day, this was something that was brewing. This was something that was being set up in place to go forward and take our country back. This was prior to the speech of President Trump.
6: Right. And the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers both, according to the FBI, had intelligence that they were already planning to breach the Capitol. Which is why...
9: and there, was, supposed to be. and there was testimony that the Proud Boys didn't even go to the rally. They were already heading toward the Capitol and were staking out places to break in.
2: So why then have they not been brought up on charges? Oh, they have. They've, no, they they are, they've got
9: treason yeah. charges right now. They have on, treason on and
2: them. charges. And then, and then also the other side of that. The lack of
3: action and initiative by the president it was one of the things that they've called in question. Of what action? So, uh, well, they were they were looking for him to make a response, saying you have these people here that are assembled outside. There was question about could he engage the, the National Guard? Could he call for more reinforcements? And there was there I think it was a couple of hours
2: there that the president was unresponsive, my, and he was trying to be reached. My understanding, and correct me if I'm incorrect in this statement. My understanding is the president requested the National Guard to House Speaker Pelosi, saying we need National Guard troops. That falls at the feet of Pelosi and the sergeant at arms. Is that correct?
6: That is correct. But, again, um, these types of things are not going to report it, but these are reports. And certain uh, White House officials... And you going to have to judge their judge their credibility by, by their testimony, said that Trump, uh, at the end of a national security briefing, requested uh, the National Guard, 20,000 National Guard troops. I don't know the truth of this matter. But uh, this I, is
2: what's being I, reported. This
6: is what's being reported, and that uh, Pelosi, due to the political optics of it, here we are with politics again, didn't want to deploy the truth. And then... Uh, Mayor Bowser of D.C. is also reported that she says uh, troops aren't going to be coming unless you tell me about them. And and, and she would actually want to be involved in authorizing those troops. So what's true or what not true? Obviously, we have we have a hearing that's uh, that's slanted uh, in, in on the Democratic narrative. And now every the uh, the pool is poisoned. Uh so what? What are the are the true facts? Uh, and everybody wants the truth,
2: but can we get it through through this political
6: but process? But I do think I, he, you, I do
9: think it's clear though. Trump did not act presidential for that on that
2: We day. got that. Yeah, that's the, the, the fact that the fact that Trump did not do what he could have done. Yes, I agree, a hundred percent. The problem you have here's the problem as the American people sit back. And want justice for the families, for the riots, for the violence. They want justice. But here's the problem. The old saying is, and this is from a movie, a training day, it's it's what you can prove. What can you prove in regards to the president? Yes, he was reckless. Yes, I believe he incited a riot. I believe his language caused people to act. I believe all of that, can you prove with statements made by the president that he directly told somebody to go up to the Capitol and kill people, go up to the Capitol and break, break in? Here's the, this is the narrative the Republican Party is going to push. Do you have the facts that support such statements that can make him culpable? Now, you can use your common sense and say, man, that wouldn't have happened if the president hadn't said that. That's true. But in a court of law, it's not enough.
5: Well, look at this question. You know, I think we're all very, very close to this situation and evaluate it in a very close lens. But if you back up and say 100% of those people uh, that stormed the Capitol were uh, illegal immigrants. Or they were 100% of the crowd were black, or 100% of the crowd were Muslim, right? What would they say then, right? Instead of the Proud Boys or the Old Keepers or the folks, you know, talking about uh, you, you know, the election is fraud, whatever. But what if this was a Muslim group storming the Capitol? You got however many thousands or hundreds of folks that, you know, what would the charges be? What would the claims be? It would be totally different.
11: What would the death? What would the deaths be?
5: What would the, the National Guard would definitely be called out if 100% of these people were, you know, oh, they're Muslim immigrants or Hispanics from the border, you know, or, or the blacks have finally risen up to take over the country. It'd be a totally different conversation.
2: My question is, why did Pelosi not employ troops? I don't, that's a, that's a, that's a question that must be answered. Again, to our listeners, let me be very clear. Trump, reckless rhetoric inside of these riots. I believe that. Without question, his statements, because leadership produces a lot of stuff. And they say all the time, what, what we say matter as leadership leadership as the President of the United States. You got somebody in a log cabin across the country watching the news and says, I like that guy Trump. Trump gets on TV and says, hey man, we need to fight and take our country back. Well, he has a cabin, an extra cabin full of weapons. Man, I'm going to help the President of the United States. He said we need to fight. (coughs) This is why the danger of the President's behavior has produced this issue. Tonight what we do, we weigh both sides. And why is this country divided on that and then why do politicians taint the waters with politics? David made a clip, it's tainted. Pelosi, the leader of the House, tainted the waters. So you can't go behind the podium and get upset with the American people saying, So why isn't McCarthy's people allowed to to be there in the committee? It has never happened. Republicans and Democrats are allowed to ask questions of witnesses called to Congress. So what what Pelosi ultimately does with a clear case, not necessarily that will convict Trump, but will make him culpable in what happened. The argument could have easily been made, clearly made. Because I believe a lot of the American people believe the same thing. They believe Trump's actions contributed to these acts. And I don't care if it's one person dead or six people dead, death took place. It should have never happened. The Trump supporter should have never been killed. Is she even there that day without Trump's uh, speech? But what's confusing to me is that the people had already started to assemble prior to the trump speech which makes me lean towards the theory that this was a planned act because i've heard them talking about something's happening january 6th something's coming january 6th this was days before trump ever got up there but this is let me make no mistake about it. This is what the Republican Party will put their base on. They, they will put their life on it. What do you do with the people already assembling? You have to travel. These people travel from all over the country. Yes. California. So then if they travel from all over the country, there were airline tickets bought. People were driving across the country days before. Trump ever came out and said anything.
6: Well, well, Trump's worst rhetoric was the stolen election. That's what really yep. inflamed people. If if they think that their election was stolen, that's why people were going to. And that uh, outside Bill Barr, the attorney general, said that there was just no, no proof. And he's a huge was a huge Trump ally and supporter. Yep. And, and the attorney general, he couldn't find enough. Or for Trump's justification. So if Trump's Trump's rhetoric, the most uh, problematic rhetoric of Trump was that the election was stolen. And that that stirred the pot of uh, uh, a number of supporters in the country and motivated them to come to D.C. But it it appears that it was done prior.
13: He was putting the message out there earlier that there there might be, you know, it might appear that we lost. And in order to prevent that, you know, when you start hyping up the people, and as they and they were hyped, like you said, there were people already in route. Without a statement, yeah, yeah.
2: was was it without a statement from Trump? But Trump was saying the election was stolen long before January. So the rhetoric then, exactly, the the rhetoric then that David alludes to then makes sense. The false narrative that the election was stolen
3: inflamed people. But but also. Right. Right. But there's also this is another key point. There's no other reason for them to be there on that day except for the certification of the votes. That was Pence was there. That was the whole reason. So if you set the foundation, the, the election was lost in November. OK, so now November comes, December comes. Planning takes place. Fall The, the, the story goes out. The big lie, they call it. Right. Well, then, all of a sudden, the think about it. Most of the most of the country thinks that it, that it was done in November. They don't think about the certification of the votes. There you go. In January, so now all of a sudden, this we most of us wouldn't have never known that January sixth was the day that the certification of the votes go in place, and Mike Pence, the vice president, certifies. It.
2: Listen though, that's a smoking screen because every year i mean every election it the happens. certification of it votes happened but it is a procedural yes. administrative act right the reason we never heard about january 6 certification of votes you know why we never had a president oppose an election right we, and we never ne- had a, we never had a president say i won i didn't lose at least well, not at
6: least not to this not to not grand to this random yeah. level that's a very very yeah. good point because you got
2: to think
3: al gore al gore and bush junior that happened that, but that was a, that was a, that was you know that was settled. He conceded. But he conceded. He conceded. <laughs> now all of a sudden, we as citizens are you know some are saying, "Hey, we march on Capitol because our candidate lost and it was stolen due to voter well, fraud and so forth and so on."
2: From November seventh, from the day two months Biden was pronounced as the winner of the presidency, the rhetoric started. The rhetoric we started, that we, we, this was stolen. We have bags of votes that were never voted. We have bags okay. of stuff in the dumpsters of America that have not been counted. The foundation was then laid for the insurrection. And also— That's a very, very good point. I, know I hope th- they thought, okay. William, we're going to come right back. We're going to take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, <laughs> you can say what you want about President Trump, The foundation started with him of the insurrection. Had he not rolled off his mouth the rhetoric that he did, had he simply said, listen, the votes are in, they've been confirmed by Electoral College, whatever, we've lost, we concede to President Biden, we congratulate him as it has always been. The fact that that narrative changed, is what changed the nation and what shook a country in a moment of chaos. Whose feet does that fall at? President Trump. But here's the problem. Can you prove it? We'll deal with that on the other side of the break. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back. For a kid whose mom or dad is in prison, life is tough. Now add a wrongful conviction to that, Life just got a little bit tougher. Trying to explain to friends why mom or dad is not at the school play or at the ball game is something that no kid should ever be faced with, especially if mom or dad is innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, get involved today to stop the epidemic of wrongful convictions by remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call or just calls today 1855 529 4252. We seek justice for the children as they go to bed at night and mom's not there, dad's not in the other room to make them feel safe not because dad or mom did anything wrong, because justice could not be found. Join us for the children, for they truly are our future.
0: I'm a mother.
5: I'm a father.
0: I'm a sister.
5: A registered nurse. I serve
7: my country in the United States military.
10: I'm your neighbor. I sit next to you at church
7: and my child was arrested held in custody questioned without my knowledge
5: exposed to violence
7: witnessed to rape placed in solitary confinement
5: unable
0: to call or see me shackled to a wall beaten sentenced as an adult at age 17
10: sentenced as an adult at age 16
5: sentenced as an adult at age 15 we felt lost isolated ostracized
7: misjudged terrified And in the absence of all hope, my child took his own life.
9: And then I found the Alliance for Youth Justice. They gave me the support and resources to get
7: through one of the most difficult times in my life.
12: Now I know I'm not alone. And neither are you.
7: Now we have a voice. Now we we have power. power.
5: In numbers.
8: In numbers. In numbers. We we can can make a difference.
0: There are approximately two million children in the juvenile and criminal justice system in this country. These are the faces of those families. If you are the family member of a child who has been in the justice system, or if you are someone who supports this movement and is ready to make a difference, visit the Campaign for Youth Justice at www.campaignforyouthjustice.org.
10: Good morning, students, and welcome to Career Day. I hope you're excited to hear about all the great things you can do when you grow up.
5: Hi, everyone. I'm Emily. I'm super excited to introduce my dad because he's my hero. When I was little, my dad was away a lot. But I was okay with that because he was doing this really important work, driving ambulances in Iraq. Now he's at home, which is great for me because I get to see him every day now. And he's still the biggest hero I know because he tells all the ambulances and the fire engines where to go and rescue people when there's an emergency. I'm so proud of him. He's awesome. He's my dad.
10: If your service-connected disability prevents you from continuing in your civilian career, Voc Rehab offers counseling, training with a living allowance, education, and other services to help prepare you for your next mission
8: care
13: now it's time time to change the face
8: of justice did you know that minority and youth participation in juries is extremely low to non-existent
7: the incidence of youth and minority offenders faced with trials has exploded
8: youth and minorities are not being represented as they should be we must represent for people to get fair trials
7: if you
0: acquire a state id or driver's license it allows you to register to vote
2: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight. A conversation difficult at best as we try to unravel or solve somehow go through this maze, if you will, of chaos uh, happening on January 6th. uh, And hearings and those things are going on. Let me be very clear on one point. We do not attack the committee members for doing what they believe is their job to do. Uh, We don't have an issue with that. How that is done is what leaves the American people puzzled. It's kind of like you go into a court of law. You have two theories of a case. The prosecution puts on a story of things that captivate you, that make you believe surely the defendant committed the crime. You have the defense that will put on an equally compelling case. That the defendant is a victim of a system that has failed and without question is not guilty. At that point, a decision, a decision is rendered guilty or not guilty. We have a very similar situation here. The committee's job is not to convict Trump of a crime. The committee's job is to show and lay out the facts that have been presented that would implicate Trump in the insurrection of January 6th. The problem you have, and people may not like this. This is the problem. The information that has been presented in the hearings over the last few days, I had an opportunity to uh, watch for the majority of the day today. Uh, A federal judge was on there uh, giving testimony. Uh, I believe he was the judge in regards to Pence, who did the advisement to Pence uh, when all these things occurred and all that happened. To me, the judge looks shaken. Uh, when you go up in the ranks of power, as high as the presidency of the United States, of Congress, of the Senate, there are powers there that we know nothing about. There are influences there that we know nothing about. There are conclusions and offers made behind closed doors we know nothing about. You can say, well, that's not how it works. Everybody's honest and upstanding and all that. That's a world of naivety. It's not reality. Um, these things today Leave the American people I believe Conflicted Regardless of their feeling Of President Trump They're conflicted And why as David alluded to Earlier the water has Been tainted The committee is tainted Based upon the Actions of, of, of Nancy Pelosi from the very beginning. So then you can't get upset with people saying, well, is this fair? The supporters of President Trump will come out in numbers. He is a victim. He He is a political sacrifice to a means to an end. And that is to win the House and ultimately the presidency in 2024 on the Democratic side that may be troubling the most but there are no halos handed out on the Democratic side there are no halos handed out on the Republican side therefore it is in the best interest that parties present the facts and let the American people decide and if the courts don't pick it up If the courts don't do anything President Trump unless he has lived out his years will be a problem going forward if the committee reaches a decision that President Trump was liable and they can suggest it all they can do is recommend to the court this is what we believe we have found if the courts don't concur with that as long as President Trump is alive and living. He can run for president anytime he gets ready. It would have to convict David, I believe. They would have to convict him of a felony charge in a court of law.
6: Well, well in politics, the goal is to put enough mud on him. And right now, one of the latest polls: eighty over eighty percent of Americans don't want Trump or Biden. So eighty percent, eighty percent at least, if. if, if
2: uh, obviously, but whatever, not the Republican Party you're talking
6: about. No, just the, a general poll of Republicans and Democrats do not want Trump, and they don't want Biden. Obviously, you don't want Biden right now. There's a whole lot of stuff going on in the country that right. is, is a lot of people see suffering with inflation and stuff like that, so that's going to definitely affect the, the presidency. But right now, Trump, uh, his his buffoonish, responses to a lot of things he was his policies were 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 pretty much conservative but he was so personally disliked he motivated people to come out and vote against him just for the sake of voting against
2: him well i saw a poll of republican voters that said trump led the numbers as the nominee of the republican party that nobody else really measured up to where trump's uh they saw Trump with being the presumptive nominee based upon polls. Well, numbers. you're
6: always going to have that, but right. they need to— once you, If somebody else presents— I got that. —well enough, yeah. uh, Trump's numbers will go down because a lot of people don't mind his policies, but that sideshow got irritated. A lot of people, uh, they got tired of just dealing with, with his sideshow.
2: So what happens, hypothetically, if nobody measures up— comes out, comes forward, uh, that can compete with Trump in a re- in a Republican nomination
6: run. Well, even even if he's the Republican nominee, just hypothetically speaking, I'm still not so sure enough people are going to vote for him uh, to win the presidency. To win the presidency because they don't want the sideshow. And, and then
2: they look at it, David, uh, and this is the issue: Biden has. Really, rolled out the red carpet for Trump to become the nominee, and, to, exactly. and and to kind of at least lean towards winning because of the condition of the country. You have five dollars a gallon for gas right now.
6: I tell you, right now, every time a person has to spend a hundred dollars to fill up the tank, Biden becomes that's more popular. That's a problem. In this, that's yeah. going a, problem. <laughs> a problem.
2: major and problem. I, and I, may, and it, I bring and that up. I bring that up, and I'm coming to you, William. I bring that up just to say, I'm doing a hypothetical here. Uh, I don't think Trump wins the White House. Biden can make it very easy uh, for Trump to be to make some noise. He, he's making it very easy for him to make noise. So then ask the then people are going to ask the question: Why now are we dealing with Trump? Prior to two of major elections coming in the next two years, why are we uh, why are we on Trump's? Why are we attacking? I think mean, this is how they paint the picture. Trump is a victim. He made America, we didn't have, and this is what they say, we didn't have gas prices this high. The American people have a tendency, if I could put money back in my pocket, guess what? We'll put up with some of the rhetoric. We'll put, that's how you get some votes.
6: That is how you get some
2: and votes. And if, man, I, there, was a, there was a food shortage in this country under Biden. There was baby formula yeah. shortage.
6: Biden is underwater with every demographic, every right possible
2: right thing you can imagine. So do they say, well, yeah, Trump's an idiot. But then we, we, we did have Christmas.
6: But, you know, the thing
3: about it is that you see people and I've seen people on social media. They'll say, well, you know, under Trump, we were under two dollars a gallon for gas. Mm-hmm. Now they now put it in context. That was during the pandemic when nobody was traveling. You know, that's, that was the thing. point. So I told him, I said, well, listen, if you don't want gas prices $5 a gallon, stop driving. I said, do, a- actually not- do, well, no, 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 let me let me finish. Do exactly what the pandemic did. When people are in isolation, there's no demand on gas. Gas is, so it's sitting there, and people, and it's, the prices are going to go down. And that's what happened. If you think about it, that's what the hey, pandemic
5: but did. But I can tell you now, now.
4: The
2: reality is that's not going to happen. But I can tell you right now don't drive. When people are in isolation on that level that the pandemic brought, they by the time that lifts, that's, man, they're running to their cars where to we get are. out the house. That's where we are or right, right now. You know,
6: uh, it's, it's, it's beyond that. Um, they, Americans, are, for the most part, didn't like being locked up in their houses, which, that's true. Right. which was happening uh, in a more aggressive uh, way uh, with Biden. And, and second to that, and you talked about context, William. Context and pain. Oh, yeah. If I'm getting, if 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 I'm bleeding, uh, context goes out the window. I am bleeding right now. Well, we got to think about uh, that stab wound came. I, how it came and the context of which it came, I'm bleeding right no, now. No, I, I agree and with you. And at the end of I... the day, Americans are going to make simple, uh, simple decisions gas. I'm spending $100 uh, every time I fill up my tank. There are people that are living paycheck to paycheck. And if their gas doubles, uh, it's it's a major thing, not, not to mention all the other inflationary pressures that are well, on the economy that, right now. So check
3: this out. So I had a cousin that does it. He drives a truck. He posted his gas bill was $6,500 for the month for his truck. Well, if he, listen, and, and he said, he said, when, does it, when do you get to the point where it's not even practical anymore?
2: Well, this is my concern regarding Trump. We have a situation in the nation that is troubled and may—and I'm not saying this is right— may be willing to say, look, who cares? I need my gas money back. And in their mind, they remember Trump under his presidency in spite of his foolishness. Man, we didn't have these issues. That's what they're going to say. And the Republican Party, those that are, are take, going for Republican seats in the midterms, as well as 2024, this is the narrative they are going to play. You couldn't buy baby formula for your baby under Biden. Did you have that issue under Trump? You know what they're gonna say? Not at all.
11: But that's the politics, but the optics th- that, that Davis th- – so, again, it's almost saying like you're saying, Mont. it's a lesser of two evils. You're exactly actually right. going to get to a decision day, which is uh, shortly upon us here in the next 24 months. And it's like, what what do I take? I don't like either candidate. However, to your point, gas. A uh, rent has you know, all these things are factored into the decision, uh, j- similar to what you've seen when, when Hillary. Was, it's like, I don't like either. Some people said, I'm not voting, so you're gonna have those people well, as well.
2: Well, at the end of the day, look, America is gonna be like, <laughs> wait a minute, I gotta put food on the table, man.
6: Well, first of all, the, the midterm elections almost are always lost, irrespective of, the, of what's happening, the condition um, of the country with, with the president. Um, midterm elections the two years into the presidency almost always flip one or both of the uh, the houses to the, to, 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 the the, minority. to the opposite party right so um, it's not looking good and that happens all the time when they when when we don't have these major issues and major pain that people's feeling uh, it's definitely gonna likely to happen at this particular point as well
2: no absolutely right um, so these are things that have to be looked at and again From what I've seen in the hearings, it's kind of like the prosecution putting on their case. I was wrongfully convicted uh, in this state, and I make this point for a reason. When you're sitting at the defense table and the prosecution is presenting a case, you feel like you've lost. Automatically, by the time the defense gets up and you've heard all of this stuff, you're like and my attorney reminded me we haven't, we haven't gone up yet we haven't spoke yet and it's the same thing with Trump they put on I believe a compelling case to at least muddy the waters as David said you're not going to convict him in Congress that's not the power of the Congress I don't even think David, correct me if I'm wrong that you can indict the president
7: from no, Congress.
6: You can't. No, do they it. have they have no power. They can refer to the court. No, to the Justice That's Department. Smart. To indict. Oh, and say we believe this evidence supports supports criminal activity, but obviously they have no power. And right now they're split on the committee about any sort of criminal referral right now. So and then the Justice Department is also squeamish about prosecuting a president and officials so which is another political uh political decision uh, we don't prosecute presidents and then how do, then that becomes the story the president is being prosecuted half of the nation is inflamed by it so all of these things, you can talk about the Justice Department. They are a political organization, irrespective of of, of their uh, charter and their, their mission.
2: Because at the end of the day, you have a Attorney General that has been put in by President Biden. Which this is the Democratic side. For them to go and try to prosecute would be the you would expect that, and the American people are going to expect that to try to indict the president which has never happened in the history outside of... And I don't even think Nixon was indicted. He simply resigned prior to... Uh, he
6: had criminal charges because he, be, he, right. had, he had to be pardoned by, uh, I think, Johnson.
2: But he wasn't convicted of anything when he resigned, right? I'm not sure if he was charged. I,
6: like I said, obviously, this is the yet be before our, my, our, before our, our time. history. We'd have to go back uh, and check history. But I, I know he was pardoned by... Uh,
2: the, uh, the incoming president, was yeah, it Ford? Ford. Ford. He okay. was pardoned, uh, and, and when he resigned, my, and this is just my understanding. I saw the resignation speech by Nixon. He said, uh, "I simply must resign the presidency of the United States." Uh, I don't remember him being handcuffed, gone before Congress hearings, all that stuff. I think when he resigned the position, I thought all of that took care of itself. Really quick, let me go ahead, and our team is going to research that just so we're sure. This is the timeline that Trump, what Trump told supporters for months before they attacked. On April 7th, 2020, Trump made one of his first false claims about the security of mail-in ballots. Mail ballots are a very dangerous thing for this country because they're cheaters, he said. They go and collect them. They're fraudulent in many cases. In reality, mail-in ballots had been used safely for several states for years with insignificant instances of fraud. The president himself had voted by mail. Uh, April 7 was a, was a much mon- monumentous day, the date of Wisconsin's presidential primary. Voters were standing in long lines despite the risks of coronavirus. The state Supreme Court had rejected an effort to extend absentee balloting in the pandemic. Other states were debating vote by mail measures for the fall election. Uh, June 25th, Attorney General William Barr followed Trump's lead, the questioned mail-in ballots, raising the specter of counterfeiting. Even though he acknowledged in an NPR interview that his concern had no basis in fact, did you have evidence to raise that specific concern? He was asked. Barr replied, "No, it was obvious." Here's what's concerning about Barr: in one case. He comes later to say there was, that there was no fraud. He told President Trump, "There's no sign, there's no indication of any type of fraud." But prior to that, he makes the statement raising questions about the mail-in balance. Well, Barr then becomes complicit in the narrative.
6: No, he Barr does not become complicit due to the fact uh, one of the major areas at the time was the Pennsylvania. Uh, uh, the Pennsylvania issue where uh, the Secretary of State in some of these states were taking steps to change voting without approval of the legislature which in Pennsylvania any changes to any of the voting rules requires uh, the legislature to change it. So Barr as, an, as uh, the Attorney General is looking from a legal perspective at potential issues with how some of the voting and mail-in balloting That even, especially in Pennsylvania, that they allowed to happen and the legislature didn't approve it, which was required under the Constitution. So when it
2: says here, Attorney General Barr followed Trump's lead, he then questioned mail-in ballots. Now, if that's perception-wise, and that's why they raise it here, is, and Barr has emphatically come out and said he made it clear to the president that there was no fraud here. Uh, When you read that... It leaves a, a dangling carrot to say, did Barr? He filed the lead of the president because he was the president's guy, of, you know. Eventually, but he ultimately came to the conclusion there was no.
6: Well, he has to look from a, le- a bar, legal. He's looking from a legal perspective at all times. If there's a problem with with how mail and balloting was done, especially there in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they suspended signatures. This is, is my recollection, right. They suspended the signature requirement and other type things that they normally verify mail-in ballots. Got gotcha. you. Which is, uh, Trump became inflamed about that stuff. But Trump obviously took it too far. You got to be able to prove you your did. case. And Barr said there's not any proof. sign of that. There's no proof that you can that they can provide to say that the election was stolen. And Trump uh, maintained so uh, his is,
2: position. So this position by Barr was earlier stated prior. To this thing going to the level that Trump took it.
6: Right, because he was still investigating uh, if there was an issue with the mail in ballot. Cases were filed and a lot of things happened, but Trump couldn't provide any proof of his claims, which is what made his constant statements about stealing the election inflame and and work people up to even come to the Capitol, because if he had accepted the outcome of the election. They're not there. Not, uh, or, yeah, they're definitely not nearly as intensely, and th- their emotions aren't inflamed to the point that they, that they were at the Capitol. And the <laughs>
2: emotions being inflamed was the fact the election was stolen. That's where people got upset because you know what it looks like to them and to the Trump voters is that my vote was stolen. It's not about the president saying the election was stolen. Now my vote didn't count. That becomes personal. When it becomes personal, as it did in this case, you have chaos on the Capitol. On July 19th, I'm not going to just say yes, by midsummer, Trump was consistently behind in polling against Democratic Joe Biden, Democrat Joe Biden. The president told Fox News that mail-in voting is going to rig the election. Interviewer Chris Wallace responded, are you suggesting that you might not accept the results of the election? Trump replied, I have to see. again, the narrative is being set and the doubt is being set in the minds of voters we are going to have a problem, which makes Trump complicit. And what happened because he began to lay the groundwork of what was going on. Dave,
10: your thoughts? Well, you, you see the, the, like you said, the groundwork being set that the election is going to be stolen. We heard that the summer before him. The, the election is going to be stolen, so then it comes and Trump loses, and he comes out again. Well, the, the we won the election. The election was stolen. These are false votes. Then they showed uh, video of bags of votes that supposedly yes. weren't counted, and the American people start looking and wondering what's going on. Because exactly. When you see some of those things, you wonder, did my vote really count? And that's personal. And, and it, it does. It comes down to being personal. You go. And, and go they talk about the, the mail-in voting. Well, I can tell you mail-in voting is verified because I got called in one time to verify that the signature on my mail-in vote was my signature. I got called into the election office uh, weeks after the election, and I am like, what does what what it matter? Yes, but it was again, it was verifications. Well, the, well,
6: the, the problem in Pennsylvania was is they had suspended signature verifications. E- so, exactly. But
10: so he was saying that mail in voting was um, was invalid. And and one
6: th- and, and there's a basis for that because a lot of countries have suspended mail in voting because it was found to be uh, rife with fraud. So he's taken th- those sort of things. Well, this is what you got to live with right now. You lost the election, and Trump is being feckless through this process. You lost the election based on your actions and the things you did. Bottom line: if you had kept your mouth shut, uh, nine out of ten, you win the election going away. Well, we go forward. Go ahead,
2: ahead. David. I'm sorry.
6: Yeah, Biden was just not a good candidate to begin with. So he's not the lucky
2: charm. No, he's not
6: the shiny new object. That he's an old dried up object. So. Uh, the, reality, the reality is, and that, that's not a negative The dude, he's a, he's a long-time uh, dried-up po- dried politician
2: Well, he says here, as we said earlier uh, Chris Wallace was asking Trump So you're not going to concede? And Trump says, I have to see Wallace tried again, can you give me a direct answer? Will you accept the election? Trump replied, I'm not going to just say yes I'm not going to say no That answer is a problem because if he said I'm not going to say yes, but I'm not going to say no either, technically you can't call him complicit.
11: But Mont, this is listen at the way he words he he uh, as we say word he knows exactly what he's doing and he knows exactly who his base. But he better say right. But he's doing that due to the fact he's. You're not backing him into a corner.
2: That, that, well, that's politics. Right. Those but but are, that's what I think politicians. The, his
11: base love him for that. And mm-hmm. then the others were just like, eh, just won't you concede? And he couldn't even give you a straight he answer.
2: Could. Well, on August 19th, I appreciate people who believe a the conspiracy theory. At a White House briefing, a reporter asked Trump what he thought of the a QAnon movement, adherence of an elaborate false conspiracy theory. The FBI had previously warned that this conspiracy would likely cause people to carry out criminal or violent acts Trump replied, well, I don't know much about the movement other than I understand they like me very much, which I appreciate Again, you can't stick him in a corner with the answers Because what he's answering is open to interpretation that, That's why you can't lock him in Samson, your thoughts?
4: Well, I mean as we've been like going over there this this whole show is the 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 rhetoric that he's been spitting out I mean whether you like Trump or not the fact of the matter is he's culpable the fact of the matter is he knows his base that's why he always catered to him in every single speech the fact of the matter is that when he was laying all this groundwork when he was he was saying this stuff early he he was just adding you know tender to the fire pile and all it took was that one that one action, and that's why we had the ac- the activities that happened on on January sixth. He was priming his people. You know, whether you want to believe it or not. Now, granted, will you ever prove it? No, you will never. I don't think they will ever prove his direct correlation. Enrollment. Yeah, his direct correlation to what happened. But again, like you said earlier, if you if anybody with common sense can look at it and look at the emotional base that he was working with, the emotional tensions that were in the country at that time leading up to the election and then leading up to the events of January 6th. Anybody with two brain cells to rub together knew what was going to happen. They knew what was going to happen with these galvanized right-wing people that are just like, oh, no, this is my country. I got to fight. Well,
2: he says here is at a presidential, this is September 29th, at a presidential debate, moderator Chris Wallace asked Trump if he was willing to denounce white supremacists. Instead, he told the Proud Boys, which the Southern Poverty Law Center had classified a hate group associated with the white nationalism to stand back and stand by. Well, stand by means what? Hold on. Now, it's,
4: it's um, up, be ready. And
3: Hold the re-
6: Republicans have uh, put that into some sort of context, and, and they— but this is this is politics okay Uh, politics it's it's the old adage is there honor among thieves that's politics there is no honor among thieves uh and quite frankly in my opinion there's no honor among politicians
2: he says here on november 3rd election night The president was widely expected to claim victory on election night when he might be leading in early ballot counts at a White House event at 2.30 a.m. Eastern Time. As ballots counting continued, including in crucial swing states, he falsely claimed victory. Uh, We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win the election. Now, if you notice on election night, Trump was leading. Are Are you guys familiar with that? Trump was leading early in the polls in almost in a lot of states that he would have given him the victory. But the ballots that still remain to be counted, when those started coming in, it took a, it. took a very, very serious turn and not in his favor. Uh, and I think like we said, so we're, as we say here, these events, the motor, the machine, of violence of insurrection in, on January 6th started prior to the election in his interview with Chris Wallace and definitely started after the election on election night. That when he began to see the numbers turn he immediately started the narrative that the election was stolen and that this was going to be a rigged election. These are the, This is the groundwork. And he 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 pumped that message into the American people All the way up Until the insurrection on January 6th So in that case, what do you say? Again, in my thought Will he be criminally charged? Politically speaking If we look at history Probably not can he be charged? It remains to be seen.
6: Oh, and to that point, Nixon, we talked about Nixon. He was pardoned for criminal acts he might have co- uh, committed during his presidency. He might
2: have committed. Right. Mm-hmm. Not that he committed. So he wasn't convicted of anything.
6: No, because he's already pre-pardoned. And that's he, the you don't have the appetite to put a president
2: in on prison. trial
6: and in prison. Obviously, uh, politics is a little more tribal. It potentially could happen now with Trump, but I would think it would happen after he can't run again if the statute of limitations were, uh, but would
2: dictate. But what's the limitations of him running again? Because my understanding is if he's only served a one term, he could run at any given time for the rest of his life. Yeah. Is that we're, correct? Yeah,
6: but he's in his 70s. I Less got you on running. that. Yeah.
2: I mean, I know I got we're, you on his age and all of those things. But if he's living, he can run anytime he chooses. Yeah. Is that right? Correct. Correct. without a conviction unless they
6: find his conduct impeachable and with uh, as far as his uh, his language and some of the stuff he did uh, if they focus on the fact that he did not accept it and stirred the pot that narrative a lot of people will say yeah he shouldn't have he should accept the results of the election but and kept, kept saying it was impeachable language uh, they, the goal of congress is to make sure he can't run again uh, if they can get him in prison, which they, they're not likely to be able to do, if they can get him where he's uh, politically ineffective, they'll, they'll be satisfied. But, but, how, also, but here's uh,
2: the problem. You can't impeach a non-sitting president.
6: No, there's nothing to impeach. You but, can't impeach him. He's but, not
2: president. But
3: there's another side of this that I, I was talking to another, another person about it. There's, he said he's a Trump supporter. He said Trump may not run. I said, well, why wouldn't he run? He said because of fear of losing. And then also because he, you know, he's narcissistic. So he may not want to run because he doesn't want to face losing. And then as a country, you know, Congress may look at it, if he does run or and he loses, would we face an, an, events like January 6 again, where he, he's sitting there well, saying, the hey, di-
2: we lost the election again. Well, the difference is if he runs and loses, we haven't lost the election per se because he's not a sitting president. He was a sitting president when he lost this election. He's just another he's a former president, but he's not a sitting president. You can't impeach if the Congress comes back with evidence to support that he was culpable. You because he is not in office, you can't not impeach him. The only thing to keep a president from running again, he must be impeached. Right. He's, he, you can't impeach him. Right, but it but but it's not
3: necessarily. The point was it's not necessarily uh, at him is what the, the country and Congress has an appetite for. Yeah, but you know,
2: I'm, well, what I'm laying out are the facts whether he can run or not. If he can run, he I, outside of living, you know, mortality issues, where his, his number is simply up, but if he's alive, he can run, he can run regardless of congressional finance, because you can't impeach him. And when? Now, does the state of the country go to the point where they vote Trump in in a year or four more years, two years or whatever? Um, those are the facts that people need to know. So con- Congress can do as many hearings as they want. You cannot impeach him. if That's grounds for—you can't impeach a non-sitting president.
6: Uh, and legal scholars argue on both sides, but if the Republicans put up a candidate that will push Trump policies— uh, that people will like it without the sideshow. I don't think I don't think Trump will win.
2: No, I agree. You got a nomination. Good, good point. We're going to take a quick break. This has been really interesting, uh, to say the least, uh, but informative without question. President Trump in the crossfire of the insurrection. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back.
8: You're on your way to meet up with friends, but you can't seem to get anywhere quickly. You don't want your friends to be annoyed, so you text. You're on your way. Five seconds is the average time your eyes are off the road while texting while driving. Make sure you get where you're going. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Sparks.
4: I'm Chase Crawford. Hey, what's up? It's Usher.
8: Hi, I'm Rachel Bilson.
0: I'm
4: Hayden Christensen. I'm Peyton Manning. Hey, we're Fallout Boy.
1: I'm Dude
0: Archuleta. I'm Corbin Bloom. I'm Kristen Bell.
8: And we're the Jonas Brothers.
0: Do something good for your community.
8: Reuse bags and bottles and always recycle. Help us collect a million pounds of food. Help people prepare for natural disasters. Do something about homelessness. Anyone could be a rock star in their community. So then do something. Do something. Do something. Do something. Do something. Visit something.org
0: to find out how.
4: Meeting a teen girl online is actually pretty easy. You can go into any chat room and just start talking. Most of the girls are usually so insecure and desperate for attention. Attention
8: from older guys is totally flattering. They're so much more mature and understanding than the guy's mind. Age
4: actually works to my advantage. They like to brag to their friends that they're dating an older guy, so I just play along and pretend I'm really interested. Interested
8: in the same things I am. You can talk forever and really get to know someone without worrying about looks or whatever. That's the best thing about chat chatting.
4: chatting seems unthreatening to them, so they lower their guard. After a while, I start talking about how we're soulmates and how lucky we are to have found each other. Other
8: people don't understand. I know what I'm doing. If you really care about each other, there's nothing wrong with me.
4: Meeting them is the goal. Once I get them out of their house, well, that's when things get really interesting.
0: Online predators know what they're doing. Do you? Odds of becoming an astronaut, one in 13,200,000. Odds of being struck by lightning, one in 576,000. Odds of dating a supermodel, one in 88,000. Odds of bowling a perfect game, one in 11,500. Odds of being trapped in an elevator, 1 in 24,528. Odds of catching a ball at a major league game, 1 in 563. Odds of an injury from shaving, 1 in 6,585. Odds of tripping while texting, 1 in 10. Odds of getting cancer in your lifetime, 1 in 2 men, 1 in 3 women.
10: It's up to us to
0: change the odds for our generation,
10: for the ones we love, for our future,
0: you don't like the odds? Stand up. Stand up to cancer. Say goodbye to affordability and say hello to losing control. Discover Price Gaugesol the latest outrageously expensive drug from Big Pharma. It's impossible to afford and reverses the ability to pay other bills. Because drug companies raise prices to pay for commercials, like this one. Side effects may include overdrawn bank accounts, bad credit scores, higher healthcare costs, children who don't get Christmas presents, and in some cases the need to stop taking your medicine. If you experience any of these side effects, contact your financial advisor right away. Out-of-control drug costs are no joke. Yet nine of the ten biggest pharma companies spend more on advertising than research and development. Let's solve the cost crisis now. Visit csrxp.org.
12: You can tell
6: a lot about someone by what they spend their money on, their priorities, their concerns and their motives. Big Pharma says their top priority is research and development. They say that prescription drug costs are so high because they spend so much on research. But
13: the simple truth is nine out of the 10 biggest pharma companies spend 50% more on advertising than they do on research and development. It's true, tens of
6: billions more. The more they spend, the clearer it becomes. Big Pharma's priorities are more ads, more sales, and higher costs to you. It's time for Big Pharma to get their priorities straight.
13: Americans deserve open and honest prescription drug pricing. Let's solve the cost crisis now. Visit
2: CSRXP.org. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio, and I'll tell you what, regardless of what side of this you are on tonight, uh, this show has been more than informative at best to try to present a case uh, on both sides, that President Trump, and it is my belief that the evidence that has been presented thus far, without a counter-argument, uh, by the Republican Party, which that we do have that, but not officially at the hearing because they were censored and not appearing at the hearing by House Speaker Pelosi uh, in her actions. And that is just what it is. Uh, at the end of the day, as we stated here, the timeline of events that took place with President Trump, it is crystal clear. Uh, it may not be legally clear, but it is crystal clear. That the actions by President Trump, the rhetoric by President Trump was a calculated move to influence in some way uh, the results of the election and to mobilize, if you will, somewhat of actions uh, on the part of supporters that felt personally that their votes had been stolen. Why the emotions were as high as they were on that day is because it's not about President Trump saying the election was stolen in totality. It is the fact that when that statement was made, individuals took it personal that they went to the polls to vote for President Trump and their vote was stolen. Otherwise, the emotion is not injected here. It's a general statement that, hey, we, this happened or that happened. But when you use the terminology stolen, that is an act of violation. Something somebody comes to your house and steals things from your house, you take that personal. You violated me. I feel violated that you came in my home. And that which was most dear to me, you took from me. It is the same concept here, which is why the president's language is so damning because you didn't just make a general statement, you made it personal. Your thoughts on that, David?
6: Well, uh, yeah, I think I don't think you can argue much uh, about Trump being a sore loser and holding the line that the election was stolen. It, uh, leadership, uh, you can lead people to do certain things just by your language. Again, I think you make a good point, uh, Lamont, that if people feel like their votes uh don't count because of the actions of the other side um that creates an an environment uh for just anger and and in many cases rage which can turn into uh violence uh by some and while we're uh FBI, uh, the, the situation has been called an insurrection. We'll just go down that road. Uh, this has been addressed by the FBI at some point. Cambridge Dictionary defines insurrection as an organized attempt by a group of people to defeat their government and take control of their country, usually by violence. Um, uh, according to the FBI, there was no evidence that groups had serious plans about what to do if they made it inside. They did have plans to breach the Capitol. But the FBI found obviously they weren't armed and there was no uh, no plans on what they were going to do after at least no evidence of plans. Of course, that's as good as the only thing that's reported. So uh, could it be an insurrection? Yeah, you can argue it's in both ways of insurrection, uh, but with no plans to go in and uh, seize people and to kidnap and to kill people. Um, then the other side can argue that, well, there was no insurrection. So, but if, if a thousand people get into the building, they can, they can overrun and do major violence. So, uh, while the Republicans argue that there was no insurrection technically under the law, no. And they wouldn't be able to prove that, that, that Trump organized any sort of, uh, Insurrection. I think that's where Republicans uh, kind of uh, pitch their tent, so to so to speak. That well, Trump didn't organize this, and for an insurrection to place, Trump would have been involved in the in the organization uh, if he actually uh, well was and, guilty of and insurrection. One thing
2: they're hanging their hats on: Trump came out and told the people to go home. Now it's after the fact, and it's a long but, time after the fact. But he came out and said. But well, they're going to say that hours after the fact. He told hours him. after the fact. Go home. Right. And he said, this is not what we want. Go home. Now that's a clip, that's a moment they will use to say the president asked the people to stop. And that that's this is the world of politics. That you may not like that, but that's what they're gonna say. They've said it already. The president. Then they say the Democratic Party came out and used the same rhetoric in times past to we must fight, we must do what it takes whatever it takes we must fight they hang those words on the Democrats to say you said the same thing is it an argument personally no, but do you think they're going to play that card I promise you they will they already started, is that right David?
4: that's right Simpson, go ahead no, I was just sitting here thinking about it. Like, Of, of course, you know, as as strategic as, I mean, if, if Donald Trump is nothing else, he is strategic. You're going to expect that padded statement, that that catch-all, like you just said, oh, we're just going to hang our hat on it because I want to make it look at least that I'm not supporting this or that I don't want this Correct. to actually happen. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, you're talking to a group of people that, I mean— Adamantly support Second Amendment rights and you're talking about they stole your vote. You tell anybody, uh, any gun owner in the United States, you stole something from who? Well, say the people say the non-gun
2: holders, gun owners that don't even own weapons. You took my, my you saying my vote, if I stood outside and went to a voting ballot, you saying that vote doesn't count? That's it. It's personal. I'm gonna get upset about that because the the perception of our democracy is that your vote counts well if you tell me that vote didn't count that means i as an african-american my vote doesn't count i as a whatever race or nationality you're telling me my race doesn't matter you see how this just builds Mm -hmm. and builds and builds thus you have an insurrection your thoughts
13: dennis when we looked at, as we were talking to uh, tonight, I just thought about the, the, the key, the keys that we got to pull from this is, what are the consequences? How do we prevent this from happening again? Again, you have to look at it from both sides. I mean, if, if President Trump can do it, uh, any president can do it. I mean, there was influence. I mean, that's been proven. What he said did have some effect on uh, what happened on uh, January 6th? Without so, question, again, I, yeah. you, you, like you said, can you prove it? I mean, again, I mean, if you look at it, most American people would say
2: that. But it's not the American people that are going to put him uh, or have him indicted. That's the difference. Uh, it's, it's, it's one thing, but guess what? I promise you, if you did a poll today, 50% down the middle. Would be Trump should be held accountable. Fifty percent are going to say, "Well, we never told them to do that." That's the problem because it's on brace, it's on party lines. That's, that's, that's where it's at. And that's a tragedy, and that is a tragedy.
6: And what makes uh, Trump some of Trump's statements so depraved, even down to he tweeted that Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done while they were training, chanting hang Pence so Trump is a very unsavory Person. in many ways uh, depraved minded individual and it shows up in grand fashion uh, when he's losing or things are not going his way he's uh, he's a mean and nasty fella uh, in, in that regard and Really, should he be president with that sort of personality? Not really, but but that's always up to
2: people. It falls down uh, to being up to the people, whether he uh, is president again. uh, It's up to the people. And whether they vote him in. My personal thought is I don't believe he can recover from this. I, I don't see him recover. I could be dead wrong. That's my, you don't see how a person can come from, back from this. But when you have a nation divided, that is where the possibilities lie. And if you're divided as a nation, uh, a, a, a nice number, you just need a good number of people that believe in Trump. Uh, we got the guy, I believe the gentleman's name, uh, Mr. Locke, uh, I forget his first name, but he is a. Um, he is a Trump supporter in every sense of the word. Um, Greg Locke is, is, is a minister. He falls under the title of minister. Um, and the rhetoric that we heard from him on the next show, we'll probably play it for you. I have never heard anything as ridiculous. And inflame. he's got over a million followers on social media. Uh, His message is being pushed everywhere. And he says you can't be a Christian if you're a Democrat. So if you vote Democrat, you're a baby killer, you're this, you're that. But people are applauding this man's rhetoric. That rhetoric from Mr. Locke can incite a riot across this country everywhere. That's dangerous. But the foundation of that, where did that come from? The rhetoric of Trump. So, but the sad part about it is this man has a following. And they're yelling and they're chanting, yes, yes. He said, you haven't seen an insurrection yet. Those are his words. And they're cheering still. That's what I'm saying. If you got people divided, Trump, the country. It remains to be seen what happens. And there are people that have predicted things before that thought, how did that possibly happen? Will that be the case in the the political aspirations of power of President Trump that remains to be seen? Uh, I'd like to say no, that would never happen again. We live in very difficult times. And what we thought not possible before we learned very quickly that it, has, it is definitely possible. Um, we'll see how things play out with the hearings. Uh, it may be in our best interest, perhaps, possibly, at least to come back uh, with a follow-up show on this to see where things develop. Uh, after these hearings, we, you will hear from us on this show. Uh, we still also will be addressing the RP5. Um, a lot of things yet to cover. Um but I felt it necessary tonight to deal with the issue. They said once before that President Trump is a madman. He's a mad scientist. That's an understatement. And what has happened here, make no mistake about it, of the, of the position of AJC Radio, is that this was appalling. This was horrific. And the actions that brought destruction on the levels that January 6th did cannot be tolerated. So next time, America, this is AJC Radio. We're signing out. Good night.